But, uh, you, but at least you've got to be happy it's Friday, though, right? Yeah. Oh, man. Oh, yes. But even better than that, i got something for that. Well, Foss, hmm? you know we finally here, right? Well, we... It's Friday then, it's Saturday, Sunday, what? It's Friday then, it's Saturday, Sunday, what? It's Friday again, Andy, from henceforth, you shall be known as Mufasa. You're listening to the Host Unknown Podcast. Hello, hello, hello. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening from wherever you are joining us. And welcome to episode 76 of <laughs> the Host Unknown podcast. Even though you've tried to call it episode 75 for the third week running. I know, I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, i got a problem with um, renaming things. So, uh, yeah. you know, like I said, you know, you should now henceforth be known as Mufasa for, for, for <laughs> since we only ever speak on Fridays anyway, right? And you're my hype man, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Woo. Yeah. Mufasa. <laughs> oh, man. Everyone needs a hype man like that. Oh, brilliant. Brilliant. We'll put, the, we'll put the link to that little video in the show notes, I think. It's well worth it. It's well worth it. If, it, if it's high energy just listening to it, wait until you watch it. <laughs> Oh dear, Sandy, how have you been this week? Uh, not too bad. I think you know the end of uh, Q two was last week, so this week is uh, you know the the sort of calm after the storm. If that is that a saying, yeah. uh, <laughs> the wreckage after the storm, as it were, the wreck, uh, <laughs> clean up operation. Something about the eye of the needle or storm or something. Yeah, yeah exactly. Although uh, I, I will say I didn't uh, mention this before. Um, obviously, you had your mic on when you went to go and make yourself a cup of tea. Yeah. Uh, did you say Siri turn off the bedroom lights? Yes. <laughs> of course. <laughs> You're such an Apple fanboy. <laughs> well, otherwise, I have to the, the bedside light. I have to go into the bedroom and press a button. But as I'm walking past to make a cup of tea, notice the lights are on. You know, I'm, I mean. I, I use it to switch the lights off at night, uh, open my blinds, you know, all that sort of stuff. It's easy. I just feel sorry that you made the housekeeper change her name to Siri. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, 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 I put an advert specifically in for someone called Siri. You're not an oppressive employer. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear yeah. actually do you know what? i i realize i use it an awful lot i have to say and it's i really like it i really but but the problem is that it's like this morning um uh, i asked it uh, i asked siri what time it was and i think because it was because <laughs> well, you couldn't turn your wrist no, my, my watch. watch was on charge so i'm just lying in bed thinking you know should i get up and and i and i i often say so i wake up in the middle of the night and i just say you know what what time is it but i think because i hadn't spoken overnight and because i'm sort of um you sometimes get a bit complacent it just sort of came out as zero as i was it and then wondered why why i wasn't being told the time you know and did it say tom have you been drinking again <laughs> yeah, <sorry. laughs> uh, anyway it doesn't say tom it says sir Oh, of course. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear, how are you doing anyway? I'm all right. I'm all right. But somewhat surprisingly, I am on a downer with Apple this week. 
absolute oh, really? downer. Yeah. So, a friend of mine bought a new MacBook. Um, my photographer friend bought a, uh, an M1 MacBook, and she, she's having problems with Lightroom Classic on it, which in theory it should work fine. <clears throat> and Apple have been awful. I actually think um, she's got a faulty machine um, because, uh, you know, to be blunt, I uh, it's working fine everywhere else, you know. So I, I lent her a uh, an Apple Silicon Mac Mini, working fine on there. Does not work fine on a laptop. She's been given the runaround so much. Um, she's gone beyond the um, you know the distant sale return time because they say, oh, try this, leave it for right. a few days, and then call us back. And then so she calls them back, and they go, well, we haven't got any notes on that. So try this. And so she's been playing the game and constantly been sort of jerked around, basically. Then somebody says, oh. Buy a new one. No, well, somebody said, somebody did say, well, why don't you just use a different computer? Brilliant. You know. Um, <laughs> and then they said, okay, well, we'll, we'll, what we'll do is we will ship you a brand new one in a box that you can then take to an Apple store um, and swap for an Intel one. Goes to um, the Apple store the business team, they say, no, not a chance, you're smoking pot. She phones them back, asks for this individual by name because they said, just ask me by name. The person they speak to says, no, we don't do that, and there's no notes on here anyway, and I don't believe that anybody would have said that. Classic. Awful. Went to another shop, just trying to sort it out. <laughs> and this is the best part. I'm going to tweet this later. One of the Apple inverted commas geniuses said uh, well the reason people pay a lot more money for apple is because they don't have to spend 50 quid uh, a year on antivirus because macs don't get viruses <laughs> you know and she had someone else with her who witnessed this it's not like just her getting a bit wound up about them Cat i mean like jesus christ you know the 1990s called and want their education about <laughs> So, yeah, um, Tim, I know you're listening. I know you're a fan of the show. Sort it out. Jeez. It's getting to the point where we're, we're, we're going to go legal, I think. Yeah, we're going to have to drop them as a sponsor as well. I think Apple, we are. We don't want your sponsorship if you behave like this. <clears throat> no, no. We'll take the financial hit. So that, <laughs> that was, that's been my week trying to help her get through this. It's been a nightmare. No, I, I can't defend that. No, I can't. Well, I can't, obviously. That's why I said it. So appalling. It's it's literally just running through a script and no end-to-end -end process. Just you have to do this, then you do this, and, oh, we haven't got any notes, therefore we start again. We're not going to listen yeah. to what you've said. So, ugh, annoying. Annoying. Anyway, um, so, yes, I think we should find out what we've got coming up today in non-Apple news. Well... This Week in Infosec uh, asks us who amongst us can say we have never been fooled before. As a famous person once said, fool me once, shame on me, you. Fool me again, shame on something, something, something. Uh, Rant of the Week has some serious questions about the people who installed security cameras in a particular shop, as seen on TikTok. Breaks down the Facebook outage for us far quicker and far better than Graham did on Smashing Security. Industry News brings us the latest and greatest security news stories from around the world. And Tweet of the Week asks a question. 
although we haven't decided if it's a would you rather or a who done it. Excellent. So let's move swiftly on to our favourite part of the show and. This week in InfoSec. It is that part of the show where we take a stroll down InfoSec memory lane with content liberated from the Today in InfoSec Twitter account. Uh, so, Tom, a quick question for you. Have you ever been fooled by a phishing attempt? No, I haven't, but I am still waiting for that lovely chap from Nigeria to uh, uh, to deposit <laughs> that money in my account. Yeah, although, to be fair, I think a few of your friends almost got uh, scanned by a Facebook profile that's set up in your name. <laughs> uh, yes, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. They're oh, asking me time. why I haven't accepted their friend request. I'm like, who? Yeah. What? Or the invites to <laughs> the, uh, the various <laughs> events that were going on. Yeah. Uh, yeah, anyway, um, so this is a tongue-in-cheek story, really, that's a mere 12 years ago. Uh, on the 8th of September 2009, FBI Director Robert Mueller disclosed that his wife had banned him from online banking uh, after he nearly fell for an email phishing scam, <laughs> which, uh, I mean, crazy to think it, uh, but it was, so the same day, uh, you know, he announced this, the FBI in Los Angeles had announced the indictments of like 100 people across the US and Egypt. Um, they'd arrested 30 people in uh, California, Nevada, North Carolina, um, as part of Operation Fish Fry, uh, obviously with a PH uh, on those, um, which at the time was the largest cybercrime investigation to have taken place in the US. Uh, and so what was happening, like Egyptian hackers were accused of targeting two particularly US financial institutions in phishing attacks, uh, phishing attacks, <laughs> phishing tanks, phishing attacks. <laughs> and thinking of that used- Vegas thing. Yeah, exactly. And then they're using those sort of stolen bank credentials uh, to get unauthorized access to accounts. Uh, And then obviously they coordinated with people in the US to transfer the money out. Uh, So the US defendants were allegedly recruiting runners to set up bank accounts that, uh, you know, funds were then, you know, from the compromised accounts were then transferred into and then people had to withdraw. Um, And in the FBI estimate, there were thousands of bank customer victims that, that were impacted about this. So but despite being the person that oversaw, you know, this whole operation, uh, Director Mueller actually received an email purporting to be from his bank, uh, which he said looked perfectly legitimate, uh, and then prompted him to verify his personal information, uh, which obviously he started to uh, to follow. Uh, and it was just at the last minute, he, he sort of hesitated and had this sudden realisation that it may not be such a good idea. I, c- I could just imagine his wife running up behind him going, no and slapping yeah, the mouse exactly. out of his hand. <laughs> Pretty much. So, yeah, he's probably just, you know, mentioning it in the background. Hey, that's funny, honey. The You know, the banks just asked us to verify our dates of birth, our yeah. social security numbers. And... What was the name of your first dog? <laughs> yeah. But uh, he said that, you know, he, he although being a, a, a few clicks away from this classic scam, he did uh, immediately change his passwords and he, he tried to pass the incident off to his wife as a uh, teachable moment. Uh, but she certainly wasn't having any of it. And no. she said, uh, you know, this isn't just your money. This is our money. And yeah. uh, there's That's no right. more internet banking for you. <laughs> so. it's, it's it's interesting because one, he's in a position where obviously he can 
get away with not having to do internet banking. He's probably got people to do that for him, right? But, I mean, even today, let alone 2009, the US is not known for its very modern banking practices, right? Yeah. But today, you can't you, – it's very difficult to not have internet banking because the, the branches just aren't there. And the, They're closing the, at an alarming rate. Yeah, yeah. and the um, – which which is, is fine. You know, the changing face of the high street and – you know, things evolve and all that sort of thing. And anyway, most banks uh, would be better off as a as a cafe anyway. Uh, but um, yeah, nowadays, if 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 you um, if you don't feel confident enough to use online banking or, or whatever, then then you're stuck. You get you're left not behind. Be able to pay yeah. bills. You're not going to be able to do anything. Yeah. So no, shocking. But yeah, uh, yeah anyway, our uh, our second story is one that is ingrained in InfoSec history for many reasons, uh, and not least because it's about one of the most significant data breaches of all time. Um, however, it is only from four years ago, on mm. the 3rd of October 2017, uh, a week after he retired as the result of Equifax's data breach, Former Chief Executive Officer Richard F. Smith told members of Congress that one person in the IT department was at fault. Now, <sighs> this is the whole... It was the intern! It was pretty much the intern defense, right? So yeah. while testifying before Congress in Washington, uh, the credit reporting company's former Chief Executive told members that the Equifax data breach, which exposed the sensitive personal information of nearly 148 million Americans, uh, and as we later found out, millions more people from around the world, uh, was the result of a mistake by one single employee. Uh, and that single employee was not himself. Uh, you know, it wasn't the CISO or any other member of the OPCO. No, the, the designated scapegoat for this event was someone in the IT department who was supposed to confirm that an email to patch systems went to the right person um and mm. it was on you know multiple occasions during this testimony that uh, smith referred to an individual in equifax's technology department who had failed to heed security warnings and did not ensure the implementation of software fixes that would have prevented the breach um, that's that's just lawyers protecting the company the company's yes. reputation over an individual's reputation yeah, Jeez. I mean, yeah. Obviously, I'm I'm just giving the cliff notes, but uh, yeah, you know, it was yeah. later reported as, you know, a combination of technical and human errors. Um, but there's no doubt that, uh, or at least the security industry will never forget that, uh, you know, the, the the awfulness of this data breach is only matched by the shithousery of the execs who yeah. uh, attempted to scapegoat that one one yeah. IT person. Yeah. Uh, so I mean, one one person may be the root cause as such, but the actual fault lies with the the environments in which they're operating in and the culture in which they're operating in. Yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, you don't just have, okay, one person, so essentially, right, they're told, uh, you know, a particular vulnerability existed. And so someone said, hey, this vulnerability exists, you need to go and patch it within 48 hours. Yeah. Um, and apparently that communication didn't go to the right people, okay? And so it was actually three months later that the vulnerability was exploited. Ah. So, you know, there's a, a three-month period where no one was checking whether it was patched or not, right? It wasn't showing up on any scans that it needs to be patched. It wasn't detected that, hey, you know, we, we've exceeded the SLA for this patch. You know, we wanted it done in 48 hours. Nothing's happening. So 
I mean, there's multiple failings that occurred in this one. Uh, very difficult to blame one particular person. Yeah, I just, as you say, shithousery of the highest order, blaming the most junior person possible. Uh, I think it was done recently with the interns. In fact, I'm waiting for Facebook. Right. <laughs> uh, yeah, and I'm waiting for Facebook to blame an intern for their BGP <laughs> error, uh, which I still don't understand. So I'm looking forward to that particular story. Um, so, yes, absolutely shocking. This week in InfoCert. You're listening to the award-winning Host Unknown podcast. Uh, oh, oh. Officially more entertaining than smashing security. In your face! All right, let's uh, move straight on to, to what appears to be my regular spot here. Listen up! Rant of the week. It's time to mother rage! Okay, this one is particularly shocking. It uses, it's obviously a technology thing. There's a security and a privacy element here. But what it comes down to is just plain old human nastiness. Uh, So the headline is in the register, IKEA, cameras were hidden in the ceiling above warehouse toilets for health and safety. Um, So... (sighs) So, yes, Peterborough, uh, one specific warehouse, interestingly, no, not not uh, across the board, not a company decision, it seems, or a, a corporate decision. But, yes, a, a discovery uh, end of September was made when the lights were switched off and somebody noticed what appeared to be a small red light between the panels of a suspended ceiling um, in the bathroom or toilets in the in uk bathroom in uh, in america um when they investigated they found the hidden camera uh and then also when they stuck their head up further they found a number of other cameras above both the men's and the women's toilets um ikea have admitted that they had been in place since 2015 uh although the company did not say when they were last used so um, apparently, IKEA said they were placed there for another purpose, uh, which is possible. I mean, you know, you, the, what, the, what purpose? No, no, no. As in, it? as in, before maybe the toilets were there. Um, you know, because these things are very, these environments can be quite modular, right? You know, you can mm-hmm. throw up a wall, etc. Although with toilets, they tend to be quite static because of the plumbing. So yeah, I'm not quite sure what other purpose. There are. Um, They have, uh, in support of our health and safety policy, we have a drug testing policy in place as per industry standards. So that other purpose, it would transpire, is to make sure that people are, I don't know, using their own urine in a paper cup. Who knows? Well, yeah, so... I guess thrown in that statement about drugs testing, is it? Is it that they're making sure that people aren't swapping out urine, or are they looking to see if people are doing sort of coke in the toilets? Yeah, exactly. Who knows? Who knows? Serious um, questions, IKEA. I know, I know. Um, and, and you know, are they then uh, washing their hands and and drying them on some of their new IKEA Higner? towels and uh, <laughs> uh you know all that sort of stuff um the fact is you don't put cameras in toilets ex- Full stop. 
well, the, the exceptions may be in certain um, um, institutions, uh, and I'm thinking of like you know uh, prisons, prisons, people who are vulnerable and need to, you know, uh, are on you know some kind of sort of self harm and suicide watch. Um, you know, people who may have been arrested on suspicion of trafficking drugs, um, you know, that sort of thing, uh, and waiting for the drugs to pass through their body, uh, all that sort of stuff. But, you know, in 99.999999% of the, the, the rest of the world, you just don't do it. I, it's... <laughs> I, I'd love to see their risk assessment on who gets to see the footage and where that footage goes and, you know, all that sort of stuff. Um, Well, do you know what? I think the key thing here is, right, as I read the story, they're saying that um, (laughs) they've now confirmed that the cameras have been removed. Yes. (laughs) You know, which is a... (laughs) So they're not even doubling down and saying, no, we're doing this for a valid reason. They're saying, oh, shit, we got caught. Yeah. Which, I, and given that this is just in Peterborough, and given that IKEA and the Swedes generally are lovely people <laughs> and just all around, I can't help but think this was a local management decision. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, but I because don't know. as soon as anybody in, I, in an IKEA warehouse reads this, they're going to be going into the toilet, standing on the pan, and sticking their head up in the ceiling void straight away, right? <laughs> Or, or wondering why there's yellow tape around the toilets, you know, the day that the story breaks whilst, whilst people are, you know, going in there decommissioning things. But, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I This smacks to me of, of a, a local management, either very badly advised decision or just local management being horrible pervs. And I mean that in a – yeah. Not in a let's not kink shame here, but in a you need help kind of way. Yeah. So this is, I mean, we're talking about 2015, right? This is only six years ago. Yeah. Where, you know, privacy has been a topic for a while. <laughs> I, th- I do you know what? I think 1915. It was a, it was understood that you tend to not to watch people <laughs> taking shits in their own, you know, in, in, in some kind of private space, right? Even even the Victorians understood that. In fact, they probably understood it more than anyone. Um, you know, geez, shocking, absolutely shocking. So it's, it will be very interesting to see um, what comes out of this. Um, and oh, just, what... just watch the CCTV. What? Well, <laughs> <laughs> And 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 see, you know, see what comes out of this, and see the look of relief on uh, the people's concerned faces. Um, but yeah, I will also be interested to see what the ICO does about this. Um, probably nothing from from say. what we yeah. can say. But yeah. we we have to be careful about you know slagging off the ICO now because friends of the show, Mister um, Bonner, works for them. Oh he? really? Yeah, ah, He's okay. quite so I've a... been getting threatening letters from the ICO recently. Have you? Oh, is that because you're you've cancelled your data protection yes. registration with your yes. company? Yeah, I had a letter. I had the same letter from them, uh, and they keep saying, you know, you've got 14 days to tell us why you don't need this, and uh, I've just filed it with. In the, you know the rest of my letters that I get about about my company. The rest of the letters that come in brown envelopes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. 
<laughs> best thing is they don't even come to me direct here. They go to a uh, you know a to the accountant that, to the registered uh, office. No, to, yeah, a registered office. Yeah, rather than uh, direct to me. So, so. so you get them like at least three weeks later. I do. I, do. I get the PDF copy of them like a couple of days later. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. No, so shocking behaviour. So yeah, I mean a second story of shithousery, It would seem. Um, Quite literally, so yeah, we're yeah. really going down the well, plan on this one <laughs> in the shit house. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So yes, not very clever, not very smart. Uh, IKEA, you need to um, sort this out. And um, we don't know. want to be making any links between the meatballs and uh, I was IKEA just sourcing. About to say that <laughs> <laughs> how IKEA can afford to sell those meatballs so cheaply. <laughs> Oh my god! I was just about to say that. Oh dear. Oh, dear. Anyway, that was uh, this week's rant of the week. I think we can move on, and we we're using one of our new segments right now. Yeah, uh, yeah we've had it for a while. We've just not. Yeah, it out. yeah, yeah. Exactly. We're, not, we're just not quite know. used to it. It's not just for kids, celebrities, twerkers, and people showing off their cars. <laughs> nope. As seen on TikTok. Indeed. So an event which has annoyed consumers and non-consumers of Facebook alike, uh, I guess for reasons on the opposite end of the spectrum uh, earlier this week. Uh, so I know another podcast did try and do, um, you know, did try and cover this one, but it, it was deemed, I guess it, was, it wasn't funny. It wasn't informative. Um, <laughs> it just did, in my opinion, uh, you know, I've, I've tried giving it a try, but uh, multiple times it just didn't didn't really get anything out of it. So it may sound like a little people, but what we have here is that a TikTok user called Rainbows has summed up in two minutes what uh, other people have tried to explain uh, in, in a much longer period of time. Uh, so I shall. There's a link in the show notes. There's some great visuals that go with this. But otherwise, I uh, suggest we play the audio. What caused the Facebook outage? Bibliography, I started with this thread by Guardian Technology Editor Alex Hearn, as well as Facebook Engineering's own response. But basically, Facebook and its child platforms like Instagram and WhatsApp were all inaccessible for the better part of the day. In a lot of countries, Facebook is basically the internet, so it caused a lot of confusion and stress. I was surprised given how massive Facebook is. Like, what could have caused this? Did they have hacked? Was it a cyber attack? How'd they go down for this long? Turns out, no, it was hilariously more simple than that. So picture you're an employee at Facebook and you're responsible for updating the quote, backbone routers that coordinate network traffic between Facebook's data centers. This means telling the internet where Facebook is, but also, and this is key, telling Facebook where Facebook is. So you're the Facebook employee, you send this update, but it turns out the update is bad. And suddenly the routers basically are broadcasting like, hey, we don't know where we are. So when the internet reaches for Facebook, it can't find it. The internet can't see Facebook anymore, which sounds bad, but actually it's totally fixable. You just need to send another update being like, no, no, I'm over here. Try that, you go to send the fix it message from the same portal that you used to send the break it message and you get booted off. So you start to get kind of nervous, like what is going on here? Basically, Facebook is essentially made out of itself. The business infrastructure runs on the same pathways that the social media platforms do. So when those pathways get shut down, it's not just the social media platforms that get shut down, it's the entire business. That portal you just got kicked off of is also made 
made out of Facebook. So it needs to connect to those routers that you just knocked down in order to fix the routers that you just knocked down. You go to log into the portal again, but that would also require Facebook infrastructure. Okay, so we need a physical hardware override. You go to the building where the physical servers are, except you can't get in because guess what the smart card reading system on the doors uses to authenticate users. You can't even message the head of physical security and get him to come down with the key because your corporate messaging app also runs on Facebook. What is the lesson? When you're building your gigantic tech infrastructure, don't build all the systems you would need to fix it out of the same systems that would be being fixed. But that's it, our social media overlords are now embarrassed but fully functional, and we, well, we have these great memes. <laughs> I love the fact they can't even get into the physical environment. Oh, the old uh, Facebook authentication. Oh, man. I it's... I just the hubris of that company. I I I laughed and laughed and laughed when I heard about them being offline. <clears throat> best best day of the week. Best day of the week. Man, that was a really good explanation. Actually, the fact that it was it was you know built on its own infrastructure, if you see what I mean. And the, yeah, you know, there's no sort of separation of of inverted commas church and state, as it were. Yeah. Well, that's one of the key things, right? In business continuity, is yeah. uh, you know you don't store your your BC your BC plans on your own infrastructure, right? You put yeah. them in a cloud environment or uh, well, the old the old the old adage is you don't keep your backup tapes in a safe in the in in the building. Yeah, because when the building burns down, you can't get to your backup tapes. I mean, I know I'm going back a bit, well, but fireproof safe, right? Yeah, fire. Well, obviously, we're not idiots. <laughs> Although it does remind me of this of the story I was told at a training uh, I did many many years ago <clears throat> about a guy who's who uh, a fairly largeish company, but his his job was you know running backups overnight, and what what they didn't want to spend money on 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 a uh, um, a third party storage facility, so the guy would just take it home and put it in a fire safe that the company provided at his house. You know, we're talking late nineties here, obviously. Um, um, as a creature of habit, he'd uh, he'd leave work and he'd get on you know one of the first tubes home, and he'd always sit in the same spot, um, you know towards the front, in particular seat, etc. Drop his bag on the floor. What he didn't realise was that you know tube trains generally run on electricity and have massive magnetic motors, um, and uh, underneath uh, where you're sitting and where he dropped his bag every morning was where one of these massive magnets was, which basically degaussed all of the tapes every time he took them home to keep them safe. Oh, brilliant. Uh, oh, yeah, no, like, like the old school stories of, like I remember we had one where, um, I won't say the company, but their requirements for us to have backup were so ancient. Like they had to be the physical sort of tapes that, you know, you, you took out and stored in a fireproof safe. Um, and although we had a fireproof safe, I used to store um, Haribo in it, right? Because I said, like, if there's ever a disaster, like we need you know, Haribo. Exactly, right? Those things. That's what's going to get us through it. Not uh, not tapes that are probably going to melt with the heat around it anyway. Um, no, I think that's but, the point of a fireproof safe. Uh, it is, but they're only resistant for a certain amount of time. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. And uh, also, you need like, especially the cheap ones you bought. Yeah, it's going to weld shut over time. Actually, they're really heavy. We had to get um, – we couldn't even move it. We had to get a third party to come with specialist equipment. Yeah, yeah. Um, but but uh, we, we got audited one time, and I remember having to – you know, all of our tapes were just complete 
utter lies, right? They said Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, you know, week one, week two, week three. But they were just labels we stuck on these tapes. Uh, none of them actually did because we used disk to disk backup at the time, right? So yeah. we were actually storing off site, but it's just disk to disk, which was not allowed by this particular company's, uh, you know, terms of use. And uh, I remember the auditor came in <laughs> to sort of text message one of the guys to get the Haribo out of the safe and uh, replace it with tapes. <laughs> <laughs> before um before we got there and uh it was so funny walking in i was like you know uh, can someone open the safe and you know they all sort of pulled stuff out and just uh, we made it look like oh you know here we go it's like april may june july you know what we do we rotate on a weekly basis different week pens one, different handwriting <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> And I'll tell you, if he had asked us to, uh, you know, restore something, we would have been screwed. Because I don't think the, the DLT drive actually connected to anything. Well, no, you just you just slap the tape in and go right. Let's grab a coffee while that restores, and in the meantime, you you do a restore from your give, from your give disc. the guys the uh, signal. Yeah, yeah that's right. But, uh, uh, little does he know he's he's he, he um he hasn't spotted the fact that the DLT scuzzy cable is is hanging <laughs> loose out the back of it. You know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and we're restoring from something called semantic backup. Meanwhile, the uh, yeah <laughs> the the tape drive is something completely different. And and for the young kids out there, Scuzzy, it's um it's like <laughs> USB, but much more expensive and much slower. Yes, and uh, <laughs> much more unforgiving when it was uh, disconnected. Oh my uh, god! Writing. Oh my god! I mean, things would just fall over at the drop of a hat if you pulled out Scuzzy. <laughs> um, yeah, go. Um, wasn't was it Apple's solution to that was Firewire, wasn't it? As, as it for... was. Uh, was that an Apple thing, Firewire? Yeah, I think it was. Well, I think it was an international thing, a... but Apple adopted yeah, it and they did, yeah. made it their own, as it were. But Firewire yeah. was good, I think. I, I like Firewire because it, it 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 took all the load off the CPU, but low uh, adoption, but very low adoption. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, you I mean, you were saying about <clears throat> this particular vendor requiring tapes, right? Um. The fact is, ransomware now, tapes are actually quite a good way of ensuring that your backups don't get um, encrypted. True. But, uh, you know, this was, well, about 2006. Yeah. Uh, and at the time, you know, the thought wasn't. Yeah. Uh... No, no, absolutely. Well, the fact that it was so rigid just goes to show that the, the person in charge of security there was probably about, well, 60, to say yes. the least. This is how we've done it since Bletchley Bloody Park. You know, I don't know. I don't know. Excellent, excellent, excellent. Um, it was a really good uh, explanation and a nice little trip down memory lane. Thank you. It's not all twerking in booty shorts. What? Seen on TikTok. Andy, what time is it? Uh, it's that part of the show where we take a stroll down. No, it's not that part of the show where we take a stroll down <laughs> in for a sec memory. <laughs> <laughs> you've, got, uh, you've got two jobs, Andy. Two jobs. <laughs> it's that time of the show where we head over to our news sources over the InfoSec PA Newswire, who have been very busy bringing us the latest and greatest security news from around the globe. Industry news. Facebook whistleblower to testify before Senate. Industry news. Pandora spills secrets of super rich. Industry news. Deep mind technology sued over data sharing. Industry news. Facebook blames global outage on configuration error. Industry news. 
Text message giant reveals five-year breach. Industry news. Squid Game scenes cut over data exposure. Industry news. NCSC revoke admin access for BYOD users immediately. Industry news. Infosec experts. Twitch breach as bad as it gets. Industry news. US creates national cryptocurrency enforcement team. Industry news. And that was this week's... Industry news. Huge if true. Huge if true. Huge if true. I love the um, the Netflix Squid Game scenes cut because they used actual phone numbers. Yeah, I know. There's That's a brilliant. whole bunch of phone numbers you can use. It's like the the phone five, number. Five, five. Yeah, <laughs> the, 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 it's like the phone phone number equivalent of like one two seven dot zero zero one. You know. <laughs> but there's there's numbers that they use. I can't believe they did that. That's that sounds like filmmaking one hundred and one. <laughs> You'd think that, uh, yeah, should have dealt with that. Um, I mean, there's a couple of things in there. So this major telecom service provider that revealed it's a victim of a five year breach, um, Cineverse. Uh, they re- they route text messages for hundreds of global telco customers. Um, and they state they they um, they reach more people and devices than anyone on earth. Uh, well, they definitely do out, now. Well, they certainly <laughs> do now. Um, so, as they were going through a merger process uh, with another company, um, they discovered they had identified an incident going back in May, where basically unauthorized access to its systems was found to have been ongoing since May 2016. Um, <sighs> So yeah, two hundred and thirty-five of their customers had their credentials, um, you know, sort of compromised, and so uh, in terms of what it actually allowed them to do, it just allowed them to take all the um, customer data and any sort of trade secrets, intellectual property, PII of employees, customers, suppliers, vendors, financial materials, and about anything in the company it could uh, take. Um, but it could also get the content of text messages, including one-time passcodes. Um, used for for two-factor authentication although Um, having access to the one-time passwords is is fine but the actual surely the act of synchronizing that with an actual attack would be very challenging well i guess you know who sort of hacks telco providers right it's well hackers yeah yeah want to do that sort of thing but you do you also have those uh you know sort of nation states you know it's a good target for them if you've got companies that you know i'm not saying that intellectual property theft is rife but no, IP theft is rife, <laughs> you know, but, but it, it's there. It does exist. Yeah, so it's. Um, I mean, it, it's it's massive supply chain. Uh, yeah, you know, hack on this one, which uh, is a big one. But I guess the other big story this week is the Twitch uh, data breach, which uh, took took place. I don't know if you've seen much about this. Do you know what I saw? It was Twitch, and thought. Not my problem. <laughs> You're not impacted by this. As for the young kids and the gamers. And the- yeah, so uh, this is, uh, well, you may like the fact that uh, Bezos obviously paid nearly a billion dollars for this uh, product or th- this company. And, um, you know, hackers have gone in just taken everything, like source yeah. code, uh, clients, consoles, you know, personal data, user data, uh, and just distributed it for free. Uh, 125 gigs labelled as part one 
uh, was posted to 4chan. It's interesting that they're, they're Robin Hood in it, as it were. Yes. Yeah, well, to be fair, I mean, 4chan's not known for its, um, uh, I guess, the people that think long-term. I'll no. put it that way. You know? No. You don't have strategists on 4chan. <laughs> no, you don't. You just have people who like to share nudes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So they, they probably downloaded all this stuff and uh, looked out for the, the, the Twitch streamers that may have had a nip slip or something, kept that for themselves and then just posted everything else. Yeah. God. Do you know the one story here that I think has just disappeared and um, why there isn't more uh, activity around it is the Pandora breach. The Pandora one. <laughs> it's just like the Panama Papers. Everybody's looking at it and going... Well, yeah, we know they're all bastards and we know they're ripping yeah. us off and they're spending money where they shouldn't do, but what are we going to do about it? And I think the yeah. same thing here. Pandora spills secrets. Oh, Vladimir Putin has channeled money into X, Y, and Z properties. <sighs> Who knew? Yeah. You know, Three terabytes of data yeah. is in there. I mean, I'm sure there's going to be some interesting stuff in there, but... The fact that it's barely made a ripple, really. I well, mean, there, sh I mean, there should yeah. be global outrage at some of this, and I think we're just tired of it, and we know that these people are just, you know, bastards. Yeah, well, I was going to say the, you know, the people as you mentioned, Putin, uh, the Czech uh, Czech Republic's prime minister. Um, you know, he hit a twenty-two million dollar chateau in the French Riviera. Um, King Abdullah of uh, Jordan. Yeah, uh, you know, he's purchased fourteen luxury homes in secret. That uh, <laughs> no one knew about, um, you know. And this does is, he rent know, them out as Airbnbs or something? Probably. It's like, I mean, yeah, I mean, this is a country that that, that has foreign aid to support its people. <sighs> um, you know, so the way these all these, uh, it's, uh, but like you say, it, we know that this is what the rich are doing. You know, we know this is what yeah. government's doing. It's and they obviously have influence over the media and you know, yeah. to sort of quell the. Well, the storms on some of these, and they just ride it out until it becomes a non-story. Uh, yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if you know maybe that Facebook outage was a <laughs> you know, a little smokescreen. Yeah, to, or, or the Twitch thing, the, the the Twitch hack, you know, was yeah. was funded by the Jordanian government. Yes, uh, that's just exactly. a theory, by the way. It's allegedly, um, you know, my Siri lawyer is telling me that yeah. uh, to, to to backpedal dramatically on that. However, Mr. Uh, King Abdullah II of Jordan, if you wish to sponsor the show, we are open. We are, absolutely, given we've just dropped Apple as a sponsor. We have a slot just for you. Yeah, exactly. Hey, Siri, remind <laughs> us to uh, contact King Abdullah of Jordan for host unknown sponsorship. Before I can help with that, you'll need to turn on personal requests. Oh. Check your iPhone for a notification or go to home settings in the home app. Well, that's just frankly embarrassing. Industry news. You're listening to the Host Unknown podcast. Bubblegum for the brain. And now it's time for our favourite uh, jingle. Tweet of the week. And we always play that one twice. Tweet of the week. And today's tweets of the week, plural, fall to me. We have two. So the first one uh, from Cybersec Stew. Okay, today's question. What is the one tool you can't live without in InfoSec? 
this can be a vendor tool, command line tool, or literally anything. More creative, the better. Let's go! Um, and the responses are fairly standard, um, mostly surround, mostly relating to Word, PowerPoint, or Excel, it would seem. <laughs> well, as an InfoSec professional, what tool would you use more? Excel, to be honest with you. Or as, yeah. on a, as a whole, Excel, because it will do pretty much anything. Yeah, see, I spend most of my time between PowerPoint and Word. Oh, I agree. I completely agree, but Excel is the one that you can do the most with. You can run a program, you know, a security program with Excel. I probably use most of my time on PowerPoint, or I would have as a, as a CISO, but Excel is the is the tool you need to get the job done. Hmm. Uh, we do have other replies here, like Python, like what the hell are we going to do with Python? Uh, I do like this one. My desk need a solid surface to bang my head against, which I thought was really, really good. Um, Lolcat, because everything is better with constant rainbows. Uh, I love this one. Greenshot. I love Greenshot. I wish they had a Windows release newer than 2017. What's Greenshot? <laughs> Never I I heard do, of it. No, I do see Johnny Walker. Uh, as a favourite info sector. <laughs> oh dear. Oh, the other one here was Rogaine. <laughs> Can't relate. Okay, I had to Google this. Looking at my hairline, I'm glad I did. <laughs> uh, and obviously, uh, the other one is Google. Uh, I think well, which, yeah, uh, lots of people agree with. Do you know what I? I um... It always amazes me when people ask me for a bit of, you know, tech support, you know, friends, etc., on computers. And, oh, my computer's doing this. It's throwing me this command. And so I'll, I'll take that command and I'll paste it into a Google search and hit return yeah. and then find <laughs> the answer. And I go, wow, how did you do that? That was amazing. I said, you just saw me Google for the answer. <laughs> you <Yeah>. know? <laughs> SMG. Yeah. Uh, subject matter Googler. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, dear. So that was the first one. And the second one, we could not let this pass because we need to find out who did this. So from the Smashing Security podcast, um, and we were tagged in this. So they said, hey, um, at Host Unknown TV, as well as a bunch of others uh, who I've never heard of, you know, Bitner, Risky Business, you know, <laughs> don't, don't know them. Anyway. They said, own up, which one of you left us this review on Apple Podcasts? And the, <laughs> the review is brilliant. It says, not, in, not funny, not informative, one star. I've given this podcast a try multiple times over the years, hoping to both enjoy it and get something out of it. Unfortunately, each time has been disappointing. There are a plethora of other cybersecurity podcasts that are more... Well, with while, I think they mean worthwhile. Yeah. And then they say, um, like the host unknown podcast. I'm going to hazard a guess and say this person is English <laughs> uh, because they use the word plethora. Uh, so we'll, we'll see, we'll see like what happens there. Use, you know? uh, and, but, uh, I'm uh, impressed to see that you actually changed your location to the US as well. <laughs> I didn't think you, uh, you knew how to use a VPN. Oh, it is actually. <laughs> Do you know what? I, I've only just noticed that. God, it helps if you read the show notes, doesn't it? <laughs> United States of America. But it could still be an English person over there. You never know. And that's your date of birth as well, isn't it? The uh, 3rd of the 3rd, 67. 
Where's, where's third of the third? In the, the username. A-N-G. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Um, so, yes. Um, if that was you, please let us know. Please. You know I'm not a fan of one-star reviews. Right? I'll just say this. Right? I, you know, it's... If you've got nothing nice to say, don't say it. Well, there's that. But also, is it really one star or is it three stars and you're just pissed off? Do you know what I mean? It's like yeah. one stars. Like you normally, when you when you're looking, say you got to filter out the ones and the fives and just read what the actual, um, yeah, know, what the constructive criticism is uh, in the other. Just like Amazon reviews. Yeah, exactly. So this was left by AMG six seven three three. Yeah, if that's you, please let please us know. Comment on our. Yeah. Blair, can please you leave one on ours? That would be awesome. <laughs> then we could have a matching pair. <laughs> <laughs> Look, because if, if Smashing Security can do something, we want to do it better. So if yeah. you could leave a zero-star review for us, that would be great. <laughs> oh, dear. Anyway, that was uh, this week's... Tweet of the Week. And that brings us to the close of the show. Andy, thank you so much for your time this week. Uh, no, thank you. Uh, it's been a pleasure. Uh, yeah, I hope you have uh, a wonderful weekend. Indeed, you too. We will see you all next time. Thank you Stay very much. Stay secure, my friends. Stay secure. You've been listening to the Host Unknown podcast. If you enjoyed what you heard, comment and subscribe. If you hated it, please leave your best insults on our Reddit channel. Worst episode ever. R slash smashing security. Oh, that went did really we... well. It did. It's... I, just, help... I got a nagging feeling. Yes. I don't know. Did we forget something? I don't know. I don't. I don't I... It's like when you leave home for a long holiday. You, you, you think there's that one thing you've forgotten, but... You, know, you go on a then, long car journey and think, oh, yeah, God, yeah, did I but, pack the dog? Yeah, exactly. But then you remember, it's, actually, the thing you forgot, and it was just really not important anyway. Yeah. So I think we'll be all right.